Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today it is my pleasure to have Steph Calvert of Steph Calvert Art with me today, who is an illustrator and artist. And we um, share an interest in children's books as well. Um, But besides what I've said, Steph, which is lovely to have you today. Thank you. Can you share with the audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I am an artist that lives just south of Atlanta, Georgia, and a lot of the work that I do is um, digital. I went to SCAD and got a degree in computer art back in 99, and so primarily the illustration work that I do is um, technology-based, whether it's through Procreate or um, Illustrator or Photoshop. And um, I do also do a lot of paintings and I've used acrylics for a long time. And this past year, I've been kind of branching out into oils. Oh, wow. You were, uh, do so many different things. I was like, I thought it was amazing that you do those fine art, like fun paintings. You were a teacher. You are also doing licensing and then you do children's book work as well. Um, mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit, and I was really impressed with your marketing efforts. I go like, wow, she's the person to talk to about marketing yourself in, you know, especially like the licensing stuff and the the children's book. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Like, I I don't know if I would call myself like 100% successful yet, but I'm on a path. And it's interesting. I have been self-employed for it'll be 11 years this December. And I started working from home um, as a freelance artist, like when my son Phil was born and the day job I had, I like, I was telecommuting before it was cool. Oh, like way before COVID. And so like my last day job, uh, I telecommuted from Long Beach, California to uh, Los Angeles. Like the, and each, each way to work was an hour and a half on the train. And like the commute had already broken me. So the train for me was the only option. And so I've been, so I've basically been working from home with kids crawling all over me for years. And our kids are finally a little bit older. Phil's going to be 11 soon. Joy's going to be eight next year. And so it's not babies crawling all over me anymore. It's not toddlers that need like constant supervision and they're in school for a good chunk of the day. So this is like the first time that I've really been able to focus up and start running things like a business. And I feel like my marketing is starting to reflect that also. And it's been working. Like I'm not, I'm not making a million dollars or anything near that, but my bills are getting paid and I'm seeing growth and it's been, it's been really exciting. That's awesome. I hope it's okay that you'd share some of that with us because I feel like, um, I feel like the marketing side of things, we focus a lot in school about technique, you know, and that's very Mm -hmm. important. Yes. You want Mm -hmm. to be good at whatever you are producing for that market. Um, but sometimes I think it's very overwhelming. At least I do, because I get a lot of different advice to be honest about like, do everything or do you do to focus on one thing or do you like and then reaching the people and providing them what they're looking for do you have Mm -hmm. advice or suggestion about the suggestions about that I do so one thing that I a couple of things that I've picked up over the years have been through listening to um, artist agent Jennifer Nelson and she she has a group on Facebook called advice for artists And it started out with a lot of her input, but it's grown over the last few years. And it's a lot of, it's a, it's a good Facebook group where artists ask a lot of questions and people can share information. And some of the tips that I have gotten over the years were from Jennifer Nelson when she had started that group. So my newsletter list is about 2000 people. And it's split into two chunks. I have people that I know through like pop-up shops and things like that. I have people that are art directors and more professional contacts. And so my newsletter is basically grouped into two chunks and I reword it slightly for each one. And um, the way that I find people to put on that newsletter list is 
I've spent a lot of time on LinkedIn and doing searches for our job titles that would be hiring freelance illustrators, whether it's art directors, creative directors. I have a list over here. Hold on. Over here. Hold on. Uh, licensing directors, acquisitions editor, commissioning editor, managing editor. Uh, so like job titles like that are people that would be hiring freelance illustrators. Mm -hmm. And so I look for those job titles on LinkedIn and I connect with those people on LinkedIn. And then um, I go through and like ask, hey, I, I've got an illustrator email that I send out like once or twice a month. Can I put you on it? And I'll, I'll, get, I'll get email addresses that way. Um, I, I do a lot of Google searching on companies that I think my style of artwork would look good on. And I'll find contacts, or like I'll find their contact form and shoot them an email and say, hey, I've got a freelance portfolio. Like I'd love to show you. Maybe we can work together. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of digging. Um, one day a week in my studio is just marketing. And that is so that I can focus the time on trying to connect with the people that might want to hire me. Um, and then another tip with that is to constantly be making something, constantly creating some kind of art that you can share to show them you're not playing around. You are serious about being an illustrator, an artist. You, um, you have ideas and you're actually like getting work. So some of the stuff that I send in my newsletter, some of it is self-art directed where I came up with a couple of greeting cards. Some of it is you know, I have these paintings that I've been working on and take a look at these paintings and maybe, and like include messaging in there. Okay. If this sparks an idea for you, get in touch, let's work together. Um, but keeping that wording in a way that also includes your contact information, because some people will hit that view in a web page, mm -hmm. And if they really like it and think somebody else might like it, well, maybe they copy and paste that that link for that page to somebody else, they're not going to be able to reply to that email if they're looking at it as a web page that somebody sent them. So, you know, if you want to get in touch, you can reply to this email or email me directly at blah, blah, blah. Um, let me see. Sending emails. Did I say sending emails twice a month? No. Well, I mean, you mentioned the newsletter. That's yes. Okay. So, when I'm sending my newsletter, yeah. I try to make sure that it's some kind of focus that would fit with like my customers. Okay. Um, so here's some greeting cards, but like mention, hey, these are some greeting cards. So the clients that are there that are looking for greeting card art, they'll see that and, you know, oh, she does greeting cards. Okay. But also if they're doing a search in their email for greeting cards, my email can come up. Um, and then consistency consistency is key like if you send out your newsletter every couple of weeks like not not every few days not every week yeah. just every couple of every couple of weeks sometimes I'll have something come up in life and I'll miss one of those oh hey it's a newsletter day yeah. um and so sometimes it'll be like a month before I send another one but the key is consistency and making sure that they see that you're serious about what you do and that you are an actual active practicing artist. Because if you only send like one email out every three months, it doesn't look like you're doing very much. Thank you. I mean, like mm -hmm. I didn't know how to utilize that newsletter thing because I started one and then I wasn't sure how to approach people about, okay, join my newsletter because I- sure. I use MailChimp. That was the one that I found. I know there's a couple other ones that you can get for like free. And then you get like so many, once you exceed a certain number of subscribers and you need to sure. pony up some I'm money. Currently, I'm currently using MailerLite and I've been enjoying that one. It's um, Mailer, like the word Mailer and then L-I-T-E. Okay. Um, and I can't remember exactly what it was that led me there instead of MailChimp. I think the analytics on MailerLite were a little more what I was looking for. Um, and I can't remember exactly what that was, but I've been using them for a few years now and I've been really happy with them. That's awesome. Because I think that one of the things that I've been hearing from artists and I have been listening to podcasts and um, 
YouTube uh, vlogs, it's been that there are platforms we can put our stuff on to sell, but sometimes you're at the mercy of those platforms. And then if you yeah. have a newsletter, that goes yeah. with you. Newsletter and is gold because that is like your direct contact with those people that could be hiring you. And there's no algorithms involved. Like I think mine ends up in the the promotion tab in Gmail, but um, but there's no like algorithms. Like you send the email, they get the email. And then whether they choose to open it or not, that, that's their choice, but it's not getting buried in an algorithm. And, um, and as you start to build out your newsletter list, you should start to also like, as you're adding people to that list, start researching, okay, what's that company's physical address? What's their phone number? Because then if one of those contacts disappears, then you might need another contact at that company. And that could be, you know, it could be a cold call, just, you know, hey, I've been working with so-and-so, or I haven't been seeming to get, I haven't been able to get in touch with them in a little while. Are they still with the company? Is there somebody else I should be emailing about freelance art? Um, and so like the more you can flesh out those contacts in your database, like it, it's helpful. It's really helpful. Do you think it is wise to, I guess, because I've had different mixed advice, like focus sure. in a market or just send out to a bunch of different markets? What have you seen that seems to? In terms of markets, are you talking about like greeting cards versus children's books versus mm. editorial? Okay. Yeah. So I am a working mom and life is cuckoo. Like Josh's work schedule is bananas. And so my whole life is bananas all day long. In a perfect world, I would drill down into my newsletter list and I would section it out into groups so that every email that I send can be relevant to greeting cards or relevant to puzzles or children's books or editorial. Like in a perfect world, I would do that. But I can't, I don't have enough time in the day and I'm one person. So my email list is chunked into clients and clients is like everybody that could give me money and hire me in some way to use my art. And then I have the second one that is, um, that is like shop. And that's people that have bought things at like pop-up shops and craft fairs. It's people that are in my art classes locally. Um, and so like, really that's the only way that I chunk it. And the professional side of it, I try to hit on, like, I have a blurb that's on the end of every single email that says I'm available for freelance illustration, art, design, like, like the things that I'm available to do for work right now so that, oh, well, this is children's book samples that she's showing me, but, oh, she also does art licensing. Well, let me get in touch and see what she has. Like, I call out the things that I do in that email and it's part of my template so it's in every single one um but yeah in a perfect world I would segment it out even more and make it specific to that category um and I have started that a little bit I have um design house greetings has an Instagram hashtag um that is dhg artspark and you can use that hashtag like if you come up with a cute greeting card you can use that hashtag and somebody at Design House Greetings would see it. Um, so I've taken it a step further and the couple of contacts that I have um, at Design House Greetings, I also send those submissions in an email. And so I have a group in my newsletter list that is just those contacts. So when I have greeting cards that, that I've designed after their prompts that they've like emailed out, um, I've been able to like send it just directly to those two contacts and um, here you guys go, take a look at it, see what you think. Um, and like the more focused and tight you can get on that, like the better it will work out for you instead of, cause like right now, a lot of my client emails go out like shotgun style where it's just like a spray of like, it's the same email to all of these people. But if I was able to focus it more and just send my children's book stuff to children's book people, just send my more editorial illustrations to magazines and stuff like that. You will get better results if you can focus in more. I just can't because I'm one person and I don't have the time. No, that's understandable. I'm in the same boat and I'm just, 
I guess my thing is, I feel like, you know, I, and it, it's different for every illustrator, I feel like, because sure. some illustrators, sure. their work fits in multiple markets. I feel like mine, eh, I feel like I'm more focused in children's books. And like some of the things you yeah. say, because you're a busy mom, you have life in general that happens. Like, I cannot keep up with all of the different um, marketing. Oh, sorry. That's, um, that's right. The marketing lists that you have to keep up with. I, fi I find it very yeah. overwhelming. <laughs> that's And if it is, and if it is, just chunk it into two, chunk it into professional and then people that might be buying things. So like the people that might be shopping in my T public shop, mm -hmm. those people are on the shop list. They're not on the professional list because those people that are buying t-shirts, like, like over here, the professional contacts, they don't really care that there's a sale in T public right now. Okay. Right. So that's something that would be more for the shopping list, the people that are in, on the list for shopping. Um, and if you just just start there, yeah. chunk it into professional and not so professional. Okay. And and then send send the same email, but just go in and edit it just a little bit for each one. And that's how that's how I manage it. And it's been working so far. Awesome. That is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see your stuff like you've just done a great job, like you know getting your stuff out there. And I'm just really impressed. I was just like, I, I feel like I don't understand that aspect of it. And I'm really trying now. I started, like you said, one day a week, I call it yeah. my marketing Monday. Yep. Um, yep. Wednesdays. Oh, Wednesday is for you. Wednesday is my day. And it's, I have a reason for it. Yes. Wednesday is a good solid day to send out a marketing email oh. because Mondays, people are getting back to work. Their e inbox is full. They might miss it. Friday, people are checked out. So like Wednesday, I like Wednesday because it's a middle of the road day and like it has less of a chance of being buried in an inbox or forgotten by somebody who's just phoning it in on a Friday. <laughs> I know what that's like. I mean, when you work in an office, you're just like, okay, long lunches. We got right. water cooler right. time. So I really appreciate that. I am going to do that. I mean, I'm literally learn so much from talking to every, you know, everybody, and it doesn't matter where they are in their journey. Um, sure. And whether it's if they're just starting the motivation just to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then this like information is gold, I tell you. Um, so I will do that. I will like really think about how, because like I did have like a couple people respond who are small publishers and I didn't think sure. about like, oh, do you want to join my newsletter? <laughs> I just right. didn't think about right. it. I just was yeah. like, oh, well, I got the one off. I got like, they said they'd keep my stuff on file, but now I should have been building that newsletter so that they can get work in the future. Like it doesn't take much to say, hey, can I add you to my newsletter? Because you might want to see some of my children's book work, new stuff. And honestly, don't be afraid to be ruthless. Like there are places out there that have published for illustrators a list of art director emails. Don't worry about adding those to your list. Add them to your list. That's what they're there for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like it was, was it, oh, I can't remember what the link was. Was it advertising design? I want to say advertising design was like a website that had a list of art directors and like who they worked for. Um, I got, I got a bunch of art director emails that way. And um, just keep digging. Sometimes I'll be on Instagram and I will see an artist that I like that has cool art. That's kind of like, my art's kind of like digital painting, kind of kooky and fun. And sometimes I'll see artwork that by an artist that's similar to mine, that's on a product mm -hmm. and they'll call out what company made it. And sometimes I'll screenshot that and throw it into my email. So on Wednesday, I can dig in and find how to submit art to that company. And I've done a lot of growing my list that way also. Um, like when you see cool things um, at the store, like look at who made it. And then, you know, I, I send emails to myself all the time because they just sit in my inbox as little reminders for the next day that I have time to sit down and look. Um, but I, I screenshot things and send them to myself all the time to like research later. Um, and Instagram, like, and, and it's, it's so funny because like it can all feel so stinking overwhelming because there is so much that oh you should do this and this and this and this and then you'll get work and like it is it's overwhelming and it's stupid 
Um, but you really just have to take a step back and look at the big picture on, okay, I should be doing all of this in a perfect world, but I don't have that much time. So just start somewhere small and pick something that you can do because picking one small thing that you can do is way better than being overwhelmed by all of this stuff that is just like, there's too much and I can't do it all. Pick one small thing. And, um, I do want to talk about Instagram a little bit. Can I talk about Instagram? Yeah, yeah anything. I'm like, writing down notes while we're talking. So I'm trying to get it all. I will definitely be listening to this several times. Okay, good. So um, there is a newsletter called Please Advise by Top Hat. So Top Hat is the company that puts out this, this newsletter. And it's really cool. Like they, the format stays basically the same Monday through Thursday. And then Friday is fun stuff. And I just, I don't have time to read that one. But Monday through Thursday, it always starts with some cool print ad that they've found somewhere that has like fantastic Photoshop work and it's just a really cool ad. And then the rest of it is a marketing tip for the day or something to think about or something to do. And I've gotten some really good ideas from that email. Um, They had sent out a study on Instagram recently. And I, I don't know if you've noticed on my posts, but I've changed how I post. And, um, so here's, here's my formula for Instagram posts. Now I have a keep note on my computer, on my phone. Um, cause I'm Android. Like I just, a notes file that has a link to a website. That's like a character counter. So I can see how many characters are in my post okay. and I will use that and make sure that my post is 500 to a thousand characters and just one or two hashtags mixed in naturally in that text that I'm writing. Then I will copy that text, go into Instagram, Mm -hmm. put my photo there with the text. Mm -hmm. And then if I can tag any companies on it, tag companies, tag like relevant, like if I'm tagging, um, if I'm tagging some kind of art that was like, uh, like if it was, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. I'm sorry. Uh, so yesterday I posted a picture of a taco cat that I drew and I I, I tagged like some taco cat account because it was like specific to taco cat. Um, so you tag at least like one or two people and, um, and a location and then post that, but then come back in, into the first comment and put a bunch of hashtags. And that first comment, a bunch of hashtags is like, that's like common knowledge. Like people do that, but, um. The number of hashtags I read in this study, um, 20 was a good number of hashtags in that first comment. Okay. And I've been feeling like I've been getting more engagement. Mm-hmm. And um, so like it's a post with a caption that's 500 to 1,000 characters mm-hmm. and only one or two hashtags in that post. And then 20 comments in the first, the first comment. I mean, 20 hashtags in that first comment. Um, and I feel like that's been working and I've also been mixing up the types of Instagram posts that I've been using. So I'm doing some albums. I'm trying to not be too much of an idiot on the, um, Instagram live and the reels. And I've been doing more, I've been doing more of the carousel posts that have, um, the slide through kind of feature, like the scroll through a few pictures because that ups your engagement, which ups where you show up in the algorithm. So those carousel posts get people to interact with it because they have to keep scrolling. So you put like four or five pictures in there. And the fact that people are scrolling through to see those pictures ups your ups your um, engagement with Instagram. Nice. I appreciate all of that. I mean, because I haven't been doing the initial posts where you put the, co- I just put it in the big first one. So I'll try sure, that. Sure. You know, I right. go like, oh, it doesn't hurt. Um, but yeah, I find that um, like when I put video, I see, I feel like the video gets more engagement, but I don't want to do video mm-hmm. all the time. I'm not like a really a video person. Me neither. <laughs> and, you know, I try to mix it up with some process, then finish work. I just feel like it's a bit overwhelming having to try to post every day. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been trying to schedule things in advance because I did get my... Um, what is it? Facebook business uh, manager. I have been like linking my account. So I've been like 
yeah. scheduling ahead with that, but beyond that, not much else. <laughs> so I, but I think that's okay. I mean, it's, we're all, we're all just one person and there's only so much that you can do. And there may be people posting way more than you, but are they spending more time on art? No, they're spending more time on Instagram. And if it comes down to spending one to two hours on social media every day or spend one to two hours making a cool graphic that's going to help me bring in work, then uh, the, the art is going to win every single time. Yeah, there's, there's been plenty of times where it's been like a couple of days since I posted or like a week since I posted. There's been plenty of times. Um, but it's not something to, to beat yourself up over because we are all just one person. And social media is stupid anyways. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things. It's just so overwhelming sometimes because I realize it's like I'm maintaining a Facebook account, Instagram. I don't really do Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but I'm never really on there unless I'm reading other people's tweets. And then right. I found that I there's certain platforms I don't understand. Like I don't really get it. So I don't engage in it and so it's been like but then I have that account and I, I don't know right. I had to kind of make peace and say you know what I can focus on maybe two or three and that's it right. and that's all I can do for now I'd like to do more on YouTube mm-hmm. but I just haven't gotten there yet like I have ideas for things that I could do on there but it's mostly just like videos of when Phil and Joy were little and mm-hmm. oh here's my cat on catnip uh, <laughs> the other day, the other day, my son was talking about wanting to be a YouTuber when he grew up. And I was like, Phil, Phil, just because, just because you're going to be a YouTuber does not mean you're going to be a millionaire. And he's like, well, and, and I cut him off. I was like, dude, I have a YouTube channel. And he's like, yeah, but I'm going to make good videos. <laughs> oh my God, kids are just so on And then I grounded him forever. <laughs> Uh, I I joked with a, another person I interviewed. My son's really like he would be a really good art director. He's very like you know because I ask him, can you come look at this? And he's like, really, mom? You can make me look at this. But he's really good at picking out things that are not working. He's like, you need to work on yeah. that. And he's very like, I don't have time for that. Like I have an agenda. I'm a teenager. <laughs> I have better things to do than look at my mom's artwork. Like how many times are you gonna make me look at this? Yeah, you made that change. Now move on, lady. And <laughs> he's very cut and dry but I will tell you it does make it nice to have somebody who can give you feedback like that um do you find that it's um kind of lonely like (laughs) I hate to say this but I find it's like since going to graduate school making this career switch to say okay I'm going to focus on my illustration career Mm -hmm. I did not realize because I had 20 plus years of working around other people yeah uh, and I'm like whoa this is this is really isolating like I don't know how you find it um I work from my home studio as a necessity really like when I started freelancing in 2010 Mm -hmm. um I had a newborn and all of a sudden my job was up in the air like oh you're gonna have to come in and work in the office no I'm not so I'm gonna freelance from now on thanks um did that sound snippy? I hope it didn't. Because now it's like 10 years later and it's like everybody telecommutes. So it's like, you know what? Where were y'all 10 years ago? Backing me up. So I have been a freelancer just out of necessity with my family. And it has worked because like, that's one of the most important things to me. And so I've designed like everything that I do with my business, I've designed to fit with our family schedule to make sure that somebody's here with the kids um, to be able to help out Josh with things like, because his work schedule is bananas. Um, he works, he works nights and his schedule is like ever changing. And so it really works, but it can still totally be isolating because like you are, you're alone a lot. Um, and ways that I kind of switch it up a little bit so that it doesn't feel so like in a vacuum, like some people listen to podcasts and stuff. Like I don't listen to podcasts. Like I, I don't know what's broken in my brain, but like, I don't listen to podcasts. I will throw TV on in the background. Um, but I just don't listen to podcasts. 
And I don't know what's wrong with me. There might be something wrong with me because like everybody loves podcasts except for stuff. Um, but I will on Fridays, like when I can, if I'm not on a deadline, I'll call Fancy Coffee Friday and I'll see who's available and we'll go to um, Queen Bee Coffee here in McDonough and uh, we'll go get coffee and hang out and just chit chat for a while. But like, fine, because there's not really like, there's not really for me personally while I'm working, like there's not really a way to get out and socialize and get the work done. And so it's just important for me to find other areas of my life where I am getting out into public. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's been a big thing, but I think something that has helped with that is starting to teach classes that's brought some more socialization into my work, which has been really rewarding. Um, I started a homeschool art class this year and we had our first, we had our first class yesterday and we're going to meet like twice a month from 10 a.m. until noon and um, and just each each session I'm going to do a different um, element or principle of art and design mm-hmm. and um, so like yesterday it was just all line and like I have 16 kids in the class right now and just interacting with the kids interacting with the parents but it's part of my work day and I'm getting paid for it and like that is super rewarding that there is there is a way to like work that socializing into my work. But as far as like the illustration side of things, no, it's like in a vacuum. (laughs) Um, But I think like the way to get the balance in that is to find, find opportunities to get out of the house and see people. Mm -hmm. And um, cause like Josh will hang up here while hang out up here while I'm working sometimes. And sometimes it makes it harder to work just because I'm trying to chit chat with Josh and like, I just can't focus. And so my work is better when I'm working by myself, but just balancing it out with those chances to get out of, get out of the studio and see people outside of the studio. That's it's gold. That's nice. Yeah. Cause I, um, I don't know. It's my personality. I think it's like, I can't stop. Like I, go and I keep working and it definitely is not good for maintaining that family relationship yes. because they yes. really like having a mom and a, a right. wife and I've just got to stop because it's just not like I it's really hard it's a little OCD like I just keep working 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 because I feel like, like when you're in the middle of something it's hard to it's hard to break from that it is and like I'm the same way like if I have enough time um like today, the kids are off of school because it's Labor Day weekend and Data Georgia gave everybody an extra day off, which is, thank you, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> and my original plan, I have a project I'm working on right now and I was going to draw all day. And family, like my family didn't stand there and tell me, no, you can't do this, but just the nature of family. No, I'm not going to sit there and do drawing all day. Like I would love to, but I, there's kids that need to be fed and all of that. Um, I do find it helps when I have a set schedule and I live and die by Google calendar and it is color coded into chunks. And I look at each week and these are the times that I'm working and everything works the best. If I could just stay to that schedule and stop working when I need to stop working. Um, And like, I'll just fit all of those little things in there. Like there's for each day, there's that chunk that I'm in the studio. There's a chunk that, um, and thank God for iPad, like, and drawing with Procreate because um, we've discovered this year that my kids operate better if they don't have to sit and wait in car rider line for a million years to mom come and get them. So I jump in the car. I'm one of those crazy people that is sitting in car rider line two hours early because, and like, I know how psycho that is. I know. I used to laugh at people like me. What are you doing in there? No, but I understand. I, I, it goes like for miles. It's just like, oh my yeah. goodness, the oh, yeah. line. Oh yeah. There and, is 800 cars in the, in the car rider line at our school. Um, so I've found that our kids operate much better after school if they're not sitting waiting for that for a million years. So I bring my work with me. And like, there is a time, like at 1230, I transition into working in the car and I get two more solid hours of work. I'm in the front of the car right line. So the kids don't have to wait forever and everybody wins. 
Yeah. Um, but it's it's that flexibility that just kind of helps everything fall into place. Nice. Well, I'm so glad that it sounds like you got it. You know, you got a balance of things. And I really need to start doing that because I, I noticed like the, I call it customer service that I provide to my family. And, and that's really like my score is on, it is. If, it's, if it's like Yelp or something like my family right now, they'd be like, dude, you're in the negatives because you've just been way too long in that studio. And I, and I real, it's always like, you know, we're getting snippy with each other and things like that. And I go like, I've got yeah. to stop. And so even if I'm not done with whatever needs to be done, or I, I guess I feel almost a little bit of anxiety because I'm in my last year of graduate school. I feel like the time is ticking and yeah. I'm a lot yeah. older than a lot of my peers. And so I feel like there is this need to like level up as quickly as I can, but at the same time, I, I need to slow down. So I understand what I'm doing. And then I need to yeah. I have family commitments that I really need to attend to and even friends, you and know? I, and I think friends. that I get anxiety sometimes because I've done cool stuff in my career, but I don't feel like I'm necessarily where I want to be yet. And I have to remind myself that like, no, there's still plenty of time. There is, there's plenty of time. And I started focusing on illustration in... 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. So I've been focusing on illustration. I did web design for a long time before that and decided that, no, I need to let that go. It's not my happy place. And so like, I haven't been an illustrator my entire career. Mm -hmm. um, I've been focusing on it for about five years now. Um, and I'm making headway now that I wasn't able to before. But I think it's because like when you start small and you start those things that like, you know, you can do right now, then when that becomes like second nature, you can add a little facet to it and add a little facet to it. And you start to, you start to be able to build on what you can do because you're taking it in small chunks. And like, for me, like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I wish that I was doing right now that like. I would love to do with my career and I'm not there yet. And part of the reason that I'm not there yet is I chose family. And if I was a workaholic working 80 hour weeks, absolutely. I could do a million trillion things with my career, but I chose family and that's more important to me. And so I do still have a cool career and I have done a lot of cool stuff and I have a rad family to you know, to have with that. And that that's made it worth it to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's just trying to remember that you don't have to do all of it all at once right now. Great advice. I will take that to heart because I got to, something's got to give here because I've just yes. really, yeah, but they're going to mutiny. <laughs> so I've got to do something. And, start with um, that Google Calendar. Start with that Google Calendar and just look at this next week. Yeah. Like for the whole week, plan out your week. Plan your studio time. Plan your family time. Plan like all of it. Mm -hmm. And like there's chunks and there's chunks of my calendar that are like, oh, get up and get the kids ready and take them to school. Like mm -hmm. that's two hours that I'm just not even going to think about art because this is what my focus is right now. And like, it just, it helps you focus and it helps you create those boundaries as far as when you're working and when you're off. That sounds good. I will definitely start doing these suggestions and I think I'm going to have to, you know, just be a little bit kinder to, uh, I think yeah. it's hard for creatives because we just kind of feel like, you know, there's the mountain that I feel that I'm climbing in order to up my skill sets and my technique and right. everything, drawing and all that stuff. And then there's all this other stuff with the marketing that gets to be and, uh, you know, like I said, maybe it doesn't all get done, but just manage what I can and then I'll be able to build on it. And Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, there's still stuff that I haven't even touched on yet that I should be doing. Like I've been focusing on illustration for four or five years and I still haven't gotten around to sending out illustrator postcards. And I know people still do it and I've got a bunch of mailing addresses, but I haven't done it yet. And I know that I need to actually write out the ideas I have for children's books and pitch like a dummy and stuff like that. And I still haven't done that yet. And part of it, I think, is just like, 
I don't know, part of it, I think is a little bit of fear, like what if it sucks or what if they say yes? And now I have this book that like, I have to really like nail, uh, <laughs> but like, but you can't do it all at once and you shouldn't try to do that anyways. Thank you. Thank you so much for that advice. So like, are there any current projects that you're working on or future projects that you are, um, you could share with us? Yes. So I just finished, um, I'm going to show you the cover because I know I've So Aaron Oreo Brothers Forever is a book that's on Amazon right now. And I finished illustrating that over the summer. Um, it is a really cute story and I generally don't do self-published projects, but this one, the paycheck was not terrible. Like a lot of self-publishing projects, they want the moon and the sun and the stars and they want to pay you a dollar for it. Um, so the author Jonathan, like paid a decent wage, decent wage for it. And the story was cute and I got to have a lot of creative input. And like the other thing I don't like about self-published projects is a lot of times those books are ideas that somebody is completely married to in their brain and they can't let you have the creative freedom to do your job right mm -hmm. and then it comes out to what I call not a portfolio piece and <laughs> I have many projects over the years that have been not a portfolio piece and I will not tell you any of them right now mm -hmm. uh, but my buddy Jen Norwood knows uh, knows what I'm talking about so anyways <laughs> but Baron Oreo is a super cute story and it's on Amazon and um, I also have copies um, available on stephcalvertart.com if you order it through me you do have to pay shipping but you can get a signed autographed copy um, and then I have another project I'm working on through the fall um, that I can't really say too much about. It's um, currently like it's 32 pieces of art and I'm really excited to see this project take shape. I've, um, it's fun like as you're working and you start nailing certain things that like, oh my gosh, this looks really cool. And like all of a sudden it just kind of starts coming out of you and the I'm doing a lot of drawings for it right now and cleaning up my sketches and this project looks really cool and I can't wait to see the whole thing done. And that's all I can say about it. I can't tell you who it's for or really what it is, but it's a good project and I'm very excited to see it when it's finished. Well, I, I can't wait for you to share it. I hope you, you know, when it's out there that you can share it on your Instagram or on your website. Yes, um, for sure. So um, my next question is, if you could go back in time and give yourself a little bit of advice about your mm -hmm. art journey, what would that be? Ooh, I have a good one. So I went legally blind in my left eye back in my 20s. I had just graduated from art college and started seeing spots. And after a year and a half of malarkey in my left eye, like that eye is legally blind. And... The stuff that happened leading up to it, like the, the initial diagnosis, mm -hmm. it's still unclear where it comes from. There's a couple of different like possibilities that cause central serous retinopathy. Um, but one of those causes could be stress. And where I was at in my life at that point, I was working two jobs. I was um, living in a house that wasn't necessarily peaceful. I was trying to find my first real job after college. There was a lot going on at that time. And the stress part lines up for me. So if I could give myself one piece of advice, it would be to not do that so that I could still have two eyes. But on the other side of it, I've done pretty good for myself with just the one. So I don't necessarily want to go back in time, but if I had to give myself advice, keep that eye would be a good one. <laughs> known that that was going to be like yeah. the uh the end of that eyeball journey like and if I had known that like stress was such a big part of how that all happened then dude don't stress yourself out it's not worth it oh, that's that's a really good advice I am definitely I need to work on that and and kind of enjoy the journey you know sometimes you get yes. stressed out. that's what yeah. I I keep trying to remind myself, like when I do have fun and I'm working on, and it's when I slow down and I'm yeah. not worried about the outcome of everything. And when you can let go right. and saying like, if I fail, okay, that's fine. But did I learn anything? And can I use what I learned 
it's like, I'll just use it for the next illustration. Right. Right. And like, I don't know, one of my takeaways from that whole experience with my eye is like, just because you feel like you should do something because that's what's expected of you. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what you are supposed to do. Like do what's right for you and not necessarily what is expected by society or even your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important to like, to just kind of take note of how you feel about the situation and go with it. That's excellent advice. You could be like an artist therapist. <laughs> like, <laughs> like working. No, like I thought or- about that. I really did actually, I was actually on that, on that wavelength about a year ago and I was looking at graduate school and I was looking at how I was going to um I'm really good at like the hustle and like I was unemployed once and I had another job within three weeks like I got laid off once and it sucked but uh but I'm really good at the hustle and within three weeks I had another job and um so like where was I going with this oh I was looking at I was looking at grad school to to go into art therapy and how I was going to pay for it with scholarships and grants and all of that, because my goal was I'm going to do this for free. And um, the more I started thinking about it, I could spend two to three years in grad school to get this, to get a master's in art therapy and start a new business to be a therapist and all of that. Or one of my frustrations is maybe I'm not making enough money and I could do that and start over in a new career, or I could keep putting the time in and keep working on Steph Calvert art and who knows where it'll be in two, three years, you know, like it's, it's grown pretty well in the past few months since it opened up after COVID. Um, so, so I'm not going to grad school anymore because <laughs> that's what's right for me. I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, like I, you bring up a good point. Sometimes I kind of wonder if I'd been brave enough. Like I feel like because I was so like the good little student, you know, I just always mm-hmm. like and I do like school. I do really enjoy it. And I oh, I do too. And I built like I feel like um I've got some really good fellow grad students around me to help me out in this journey of yeah. becoming an, a children's book illustrator again for the second pass. <laughs> I go right. Like, took a break on it and then I was doing small publisher work like one book a year and then you know I had my had my son and like I chose to be present for my son's childhood and it was great like I don't regret that at all so but I like now decided what I didn't have was that community around me of people who wanted the same thing like really like people who I could go to and say, like, can you look at my artwork? Can you right. uh, do a right. pass through on reading this story I've written? And now I think I have some of those people and they're seriously, like, I, I'd like to say in a positive way, a little bit cuckoo about children's books. So, and so I think that will help out after I leave graduate school, having mm-hmm. that support system. So I am learning from things that I didn't do in the past that I'm just like going, you know, I'm just gonna put myself out there and I'll see if I can find a grouping of people who are like me who are that passionate about um, this aspect of illustration. So yeah, but all excellent advice. I really do think you could, (laughs) you know, walk through (laughs) and coach uh, uh, illustrators on, you know, you know, and give them some personal therapy about their right, work and perspective right. because you've done it all. You've been through a lot. So that's all, you know, and you've come through um, with this great positive, you know, perspective on everything. Because I think a lot of it is perspective. Like, how do you look at things and how do you, you know? Right. So yep. thank you, Steph. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad uh, we got this chance to talk. Oh, and then one yes. thing. Can you give a, like a shout out to where people can say, see your, your portfolio, your Instagram? Absolutely. Absolutely. So my portfolio is at www.stephcalvertart.com and you'll find links to um, different art styles that I work in. I have an online shop. Uh, my online shop links to a couple of external places. Like I have started putting my t-shirt designs on TeePublic because it's a whole lot faster there than setting up a million individual size listings using Guten on my own website. Mm -mm. Guten is great as far as print on demand for um, the overhead. The overhead's real low on Guten, but every single size, you have to set up another listing and that is a pain in the butt. So TeePublic has really streamlined everything for me and I'm actually making some sales over there, which is good. 
Um, I'm not a millionaire. I make like 20 bucks a month on Tee Public. But um, I bought one. I thought it was cute. Yeah. I, yeah, I wore it in a Zoom session for class, and you know, the professor. Wait, which one did you get? What did the you get? one that um, the uh, don't the donut, you know, don't stop believing. Yes. I got yes, that I one. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah, I got that one, and I wore it in class, and the professor started because <laughs> it's got you know it's catchy. Like your stuff yeah. is great because I love how catchy it is. It's very um. It's, it's humorous and it's memorable yeah. and it's like people kind of catch on to it and he started reading my t-shirt and then he starts singing the song but anyway so I yeah I know, it's a great t-shirt <laughs> go buy it people go check it out oh my gosh yes my website is stephcalvertart.com and I use that Steph Calvert Art on everything if you go to Instagram my username is Steph Calvert Art if you go to Facebook, it's Steph Calvert Art. If you go to LinkedIn, actually, I think my name is just Steph Calvert on there. Uh, but Twitter is Steph Calvert Art. YouTube is Steph Calvert Art. Uh, where else? I got on. Oh my gosh, can I tell you about Instagram? Okay, so Instagram, I'm Steph Calvert Art. So it's still relevant. But the other day, I went in there randomly and I was looking at my notifications. And at some point, they have added like, like they have a try this thing where you've done the pin and you can show your results of that pin. Okay. And one of my drawings had like 20 people that had drawn that drawing and posted on there as like a draw this kind of thing. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite drawings that I've ever done. It's called ground control to major Tomcat. And it's a cat in a space helmet and I'm going to make it into a painting. Um, but there was like 20 drawings that people tried drawing ground control to major tomcat and it was like it was kind of cool and then the uh <laughs> the, the business side of me was like you can't do that that's copyright infringement <laughs> <laughs> but honestly like no there were just people that were just trying to draw you know and it was it was pretty cool to see um but yes so pinstagram pinster pinterest pinterest okay, that's the one pinterest. i'm old no, it's I'm okay. Old. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> I'll put the links in the description box for everybody who's oh. listening. You guys can check it out. And um, yeah, Steph's work is great. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's humorous. And uh, definitely, like, I, I feel like it picks up your personality of who you are. It's very, yeah, super funny. Thank you. Thank you. It's kind of an idiot, just like me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's memorable. I like it a lot. So there thank go. you. There you go. <laughs> and thank That's you much for better put it. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steph, for being on uh, the podcast. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Thank you for having me. Bye.